You're back here on Mining Stock Daily. I told you this week was going to be a little bit different. Not only are you going to get a long-form episode earlier in the week, we actually are going to air two long-form episodes this week, uh, which is just, I guess, a twofer. Uh, This is a conversation I am really excited to have uh, with somebody who's no stranger to the industry and actually anybody investing or speculating in the gold equity space will be familiar with his success. He has 35 years of mining industry experience. Uh, He's worked with the companies uh, in prior lives like Lakeshore Gold. Uh, He was also with FNX Mining, Uh, but he is probably most commonly known for being the CEO of Kirkland Lake Gold and increasing that gold production from 315,000 ounces to over 1.4 million ounces per year with that company. Mr. Tony McCooch. Tony, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, thanks Trevor, and thanks for the, for the invite. Uh, I have so many questions uh, that we can kind of just dive right into. Uh, I do want to get a sense of a little bit more about the career and the success you've had with your decades of experience, where you're going to next, uh, which is also very important. Um, but I think we get a general sense here of, I want to kind of get your thoughts where we are with the gold space, specifically the gold producers. Um, interesting cycle we've had in the last year or two, seeing the height of gold and then a two-year bear market, and we've seen the equities get hit pretty pretty hard. Um, you know, have you, have you, as you've watched this and been through a couple deals during this time, uh, does it feel like we're kind of getting out of this cycle and how are things kind of feeling to you at the moment? Well, first off, I mean, you know, when you talk about cycles, I, mean, I guess as you get, as you get more experience in, in the industry and get older, you see a lot of cycles come and go. And, and just because, uh, you know, a, a few months back we we're in a down cycle, it, to me, I looked at that as, as a great opportunity because, you know, it, things are going to turn back around again. And, and, and you know, we we're seeing some things happening. I'm not sure that, that this cycle is any different than previous. You, 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 you go through a period of time where, where um, you know, there, there, there'll be lot, some things that underlie to, to, to get gold, gold space up. It, you know, we, we have to continue working hard in our industry to, 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 confer, uh, to, to maintain relevance and for, for the investor. Um, there are some things happening. I, I, I suppose you know you got inflation and and, and you know, the banks raising interest rates. You got a lot of a lot of concerns that have happened. Are we going to go into a recession or not? And how is that going to affect uh, you know, the market? And some people see putting investment back into gold, which is helping you know in terms of getting the gold the gold price up and, and gold equities up. Although some of the gold price appreciation happened in there in recently is it is more more related to weakening of the US dollar which ties to you know the forecast for uh, for inflation and recession i suppose so you know does it feel any different uh, you know we 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 always go through these there'll be there'll be ups and downs you'll you'll go through a good period of of time when 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 you'll see a, a good run in, in in gold price, and I think we're probably at a point where you're going to see some 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 good news for the next while. But you know, I part of what we always try to I learn to position the companies in is uh, we're price takers, not price makers in our industry, and so you got to focus on what you can make a difference on, and and that's where you know we always focus the, the businesses on, and how do we, how do we produce as many ounces of gold responsibly 
for, for, for the lowest cost possible so we can have our margin? How do you, you got to de- define your business around a lower goal price. And that's why, you know, I used to always, uh, I used to always talk about, we wanted 950 an ounce US uh, or, or less for all in sustaining costs, because that gives you the room to, 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 to be able to, you know, fund all aspects of the future business going forward, whether it's like ongoing exploration, ongoing uh, uh, growth, and investment in, in, in new projects, etc., and provide return to shareholders. Because you know we should never apologize for for providing return to shareholders. We're we're in business to make money. People invest and make money. And and if if we break that that we break that mold or that that you know that 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 culture, then we kind of lose lose sight of what 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 it, what what really drives value and, and puts you know puts the reason why people are investing and, and why you're trying to run good businesses. So. If you were, let's just say hypothetically, you were still the CEO of a gold producer in the last year and you were getting uh, really pressured with inflationary costs on your inputs, uh, the equity market was not treating you favorably, what kind of conversations would you be having with your team uh, and with the projects themselves and team in project management to figure out where some sort of creative value add destruction might or you know might be able to take place how does that how does that happen during these really difficult times well i think you know it, it, it you don't uh, you don't wait for times to get difficult first off to have those conversations you always try to you know you always want to want to try to be you know look look for ways to improve and look for ways to ex- extract value out of the assets you know uh, you know and you know some of the big value drivers have had in the past have been big leading in success when you talk about whether it was FNX or Lakeshore, or even and, and with Kirk and Lake has been with exploration with diamond drilling, looking for you know like defining what's the size of the resource and how big the resource could be, and then using you know with that being able to make good decision investment decisions on 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 on, on infrastructure and development in, into the asset in order to grow production because you know one of the biggest things we do we have a high fixed cost component in in our business so with the big whatever we can do to reduce. The, the you know increased throughput uh, it, which brings you marginal or variable costs in, into the play you can you, you bring your overall costs down so you know that's that's something that we're always trying to do and you know and that's why we, we were very very aggressive on exploration looking for for, for for deposits and you know it's it's easy to to get caught up in uh, you know you have a large uh, deposit and you know I'll go back to even some conversation I had when we were doing the detour acquisition where had some shareholders saying, well, why are you going to spend all this money on expiration? You already got, you know, a 15 or 20 year mine life. What do you need more for? Well, you need, you want to, you, you want to, you want to find more for a couple of reasons. One is if there's more value there and the market's going to, then, then, then you need to demonstrate it that I, there's not 15 million ounces here, but there's potential 30 or 40 million ounces here. Number one. Number two, then you make, you make good decisions in terms of how to bring that forward. Where's, you know, the, or as Rockton can be mined at a profit. So you you know how do you bring it forward? How do you how do you get that value uh, for it today in terms of uh, what, either through production increase, etc., which is going to help you reduce costs and maintain competitive balance. And then uh, you know going forward into the future, how how does that position the company and that asset? And you know you're hiring people, you're doing a lot a lot of things in these communities. People. You know, like part of maintaining this sustainability of the business is whether you're in Kirkham Lake, whether you're in in Timmins, whether you're in uh, in in, uh, West, in in Australia. I mean, people invest in, in in these companies or 
and 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 I don't mean that you know just from a, an investor point of view. If somebody comes comes to get employed and they're coming to work for you, they put in there. They you know they're kind of relying on on this business. Can I, can I come here? You want people to come and move to these communities? You want people to set down roots? You want people to come and work for you and 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 place their you know put put that put that as being a big critical part of their life. Well, you've got to be able to make, make, give give some assurance to these people that if you come here, you buy a house, you raise a family, we're going to try to we're going to we're going to work towards being here 10, 20, 30 years as opposed to you know two or three years at a time and then move on, etc. So mm-hmm. there's there's a you know there's a, a whole series of, of of social issues around why you got to invest in, into these assets to grow them. There's there's the investor side why we should invest in these assets and grow them and and so maybe again asking the question yeah we're in a you know could be in a tough market now but you know what if these are the good times is one time we I remember having a conversation somebody with with somebody who I worked for years ago I'm talking about in the 90s when I was a mine manager where we were complaining about the price of gold and and going from from four hundred dollars an ounce down to three hundred dollars an ounce and. And 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 the, the the gentleman who was who was my boss said to me, well, what if these are the good times? And I always remember that. Well, what if they are the good times? As a matter of fact, that three hundred dollar gold at price in in nineteen ninety eight was a good time because the price of gold went went down even worse, right? Or even lower than that. So you know you gotta again, we're price takers, not price makers. You gotta keep keep looking for ways to uh, to, to 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 produce more gold responsibly at at the lowest cost possible. You owe it that to to your shareholders. You owe it that to 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 all the stakeholders. And you know, it's it's to me, it's the exciting part of our business. And why you know why you know I think from a mining perspective, why we create value from from nothing, right? We start. You know, I've, I've been involved in a lot of projects, whether whether it was in Winnemucca, Nevada, or in Sudbury, or Timmins, or Kirkland Lake, etc., where where you walk through an area, it's it, there's it's it's there's no people living there or it's it's closed down assets it's very you know um you know times times aren't aren't well i remember going to Levac, ontario in 2003 in 2002 you could have bought the whole town of Levac for probably a million dollars right and you know we're opening up the the mccready west mine we're getting back in there we're drilling and say hey you know next thing you know you know there's a thousand people working there and you got a business that's Generating three, four hundred million dollars worth of back into the into the local economy in, in the suburb region. Region, I can say the same thing about in Winnemucca, Nevada, getting there and you know starting off with 50, 40, 50 people driving on a dirt road, taking two hours to get to the site, and next day, two years later, there's electricity, there's water, there's uh, six, seven hundred people working there, and it it grows prosperity to the region. That's the good parts of our business. We we you know. And, and that's a thing you really like to do is, is, is in this business is how, how again we take we take value from nothing and create something with it. Yeah, that's very well put. Uh, where we're at in this cycle, I guess I'd like to know in regards to mergers and acquisitions. Presently, uh, we're starting to see some consolidation taking place. Uh, a little bit more in the royalty space, it seems like, but definitely in the gold production. We can talk about that uh, Agnico and uh, uh, Pan American deal with Yamana here in just a few moments. But you know, given the subdued nature of valuations right now, if is it you know are the are the major gold producers, maybe even just the major miners, is this now the time to be acting to acquire more projects within that pipeline of portfolios, thinking about the next 20, 30, 40 years? 
And should we be seeing more of it or are you not surprised that we're not seeing a whole lot? Um, well, I think, you know, first off, to do an M&A sake for, to do this for the sake of M&A, it, 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 I don't think that's that should be the driving force. It should be about how do you how do you create value? How do you how do you extract synergies? How do you how do you look at value that that might be hidden or can be unlocked because of because of what you by putting the companies together? And you know, I'll use some examples again in the past about you know with with Kirkland Lake Gold with uh, with um, with uh, just with with Newmarket Gold. You know, to, to to say hey, geez, we see we see the potential in these assets in Australia uh, by putting the companies together, we're going to have. A stronger balance sheet. By having a stronger balance sheet, we can invest more money into exploration. And as we build that up, we can provide, uh, you know, a way to provide returns, extra returns to our shareholders. You, you try to do that. You know, a lot of times from a small company perspective, uh, one of the things that I really see, and and I mean, and there's lots of challenges coming up on the industry as we go forward, and and the volatility in in, in share price that that happens on a junior company. And I'll go back to an experience I had with Lakeshore back in. I think it was 2012 or 2013, where there was a forest fire in in in, in, the, in the region where where the mines were, and and you know the the forest fires were around us. Uh, that it, it had burned a, a power line out to 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 a major company's uh, gold mine in the region, and and they had actually had actually had to shut down for a number of days. They had burned the power line and they had to close their mill. For us, we had an afternoon where there because of the smoke, one of our vent fans was pulling smoke in the mine, so we. We said we shut down for 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 for, for that one shift, and we, we you know because of the forest fire situation. Well, our stock price went down twenty one percent. Theirs went down maybe one percent, right? And so there's so much volatility. And I remember getting a, a text message or an email from somebody saying, you know, I'm really pissed off about about what all the all the problems you guys constantly have. Part so when you when you're a small single asset company. You're, you're, there's, there's a lot of volatility for shareholders that you, you've got to manage around. And sometimes by being, you know, by, by doing mergers or, or growing and having multiple operations helps to de-risk that, and, you know, and, and, and so some way times that that works and it's beneficial, but it's got to be fundamentally done at, you know, you got to be looking for, for something different. You got to look, is there geology that people don't understand? Is, is, is there a resource here? Is there a larger resource here? Is there a bigger, different story that I can tell based on, based on what you see either by being able to, uh, to, to look at it from a different perspective, redevelop the mind, etc. Sometimes, you know, sometimes, you know, in the end, you, you know, we always think we're smarter than anybody else, but you might have the resources, you might have the financial resources to invest in exploration or the financial resources to, to sink the proper shaft here that really going to turn turn this this mine around, which, which is sort of what we did with Macassa and Kirkland Lake by being able to go in, spend $300 million, build a brand new shaft, Tank that set that mine up to for the next twenty five or thirty years, be able to reduce operating costs, etc. Because you're not bringing in, you know, improved access, improved productivity through through hoisting systems, uh, and, you know, which which gives you bigger equipment, gives you access to, to more productivity, better working conditions for people, more ventilation, etc. So you know, if 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 it's things that are done to to help you improve that, you'd, you'd love to do it. And so, like from a from a major's perspective. Uh, definitely, you know, when, when, when you look at things and you, you know, it, it, it becomes a different as you go, as you go maybe up the food chain in the business, there's different, different pressures on different companies. And, and that definitely for higher up you go, there's a lot of, a uh, lot of themes, whether it's ESG, uh, whether it, you know, uh, whether it's uh, sustainability that are coming down more and more and 
uh, harder and harder on on mining companies. And you know, part of part of what you you've seen and even being able to you know when we, when we put Kirk and Lake with with Agnico together is 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 you get a point where you you like to be in a situation where you. You're, you're being being a somewhat of a larger company, you have a, you have a better chance to 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 um, to have more influence there, and and actually to be able to achieve some of the results you want. If you talk about wanting to go to net zero or 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 the direction of where the engine and, and, and the industry is going, you you, you got to be able to be a major player to make a difference in that. And, and you know I think that's that's an ongoing theme. And so when you talk about some M and A that's happening. You know, it, it mean, it, it, and it, from a large company perspective, that that's useful. But you know, so so you, you want to look at ways to, to de-risk the business. You want to look at ways to extract new value from the business, and you want to look at ways to uh, to to sustain the business, create sustainability in the future. There've been, you know, <clears throat> I mean, I can look at some really good transaction. I know the the, the Barrick Newmont uh, joint venture that they created in Nevada just unlocks all kinds of value. We talk about again un- unlocking the value. From the uh, and the synergies from the from the uh, Ignico being able to consolidate Millardic and and then the synergies from Millardic and, and Kirken Lake and being able to take the Kirken Lake assets that 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 were under Kirken Lake in the town of Kirken Lake combine that with Upper Beaver with with uh, with the uh, amalgamated Kirken Zone combined with what 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 was at Macassa etc make a you know make a, a, a more sustainable effective operation there and, and utilize the mills more effectively and then the synergies between Millardic and Detra both from underground and and open pit in terms of what you can do that that unlocks value and that's what shareholders should be asking us to do and that's what we should always be doing you know we you know we sit there <clears throat> there's a lot of um, sometimes a lot of criticism or sometimes I can see there's a lot of Sometimes you you know you get these jobs and people you know there's there's a sense of entitlement and you got to sit there and say well, we got to leave our egos on the street we got to recognize that we we serve at the pleasure of, of the shareholders we we can always get another job we got to be think we're shareholders too how do we how do we create new value how do we how do we how do we make this thing better and then from my, on the personal level myself I mean I'm a child from the industry my father worked in the industry and, you know I remember growing up and you'd hear. A lot of bad things about our industry, and if you can do things to to to, to say to change that perception somewhat of our industry, and, you know that I think that's pretty important. Uh, you've done a number of these deals. Uh, it, it's it's really fascinating. I mean, you, Lakeshore Gold two thousand eight was acquired by Tahoe Resources uh, under Kirkland Lake. I mean, there was a number of deals done before it also uh, merged with Agnico Eagle. And I guess I'm just kind of curious. You mentioned a little a few minutes ago about, I think you used the word pressure in what you were describing. And I'm just kind of curious. I guess this is a two part question is at Kirkland Lake, I mean, were you feeling pressure to do a merger or get acquired? I mean, it really seemed that Kirkland Lake was really the poster child at the time of going from mid tier to real major producer and doing so quickly with with very favorable shareholders and the market looked very favorably and then obviously right for acquisition. So I guess that's the first part of the question. And the second part of the question is I'm curious if how you learned to go through these processes and, you know, did you have a mentor or a team, you know, from even, you know, for even in maybe in 2008, with Lakeshore Gold that helped you kind of work through these deals to really engrave what you wanted to see in an acquisition and, you know, 
try not to make mistakes that you did before. Uh, you know, I guess what's what was the educational process of doing these deals, which always seemed to like become very work very favorably for you and your shareholders. Well, first off, I mean, you know, in terms of uh, the, the, the deal with Kirk Link, no, we didn't feel any pressure in terms of uh, of wanting to do a deal. I mean, <clears throat> excuse me, maybe the pressure is 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 the internal pressure always on yourself, looking at ways to extract new value, etc. I think one of the unique things about the, 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 this concept and, and when we were talking about the merger with Ignico was how do we create another a, a new Canadian champion or a new uh, a mining company that can that can weather the storm uh, going forward in terms of and I don't mean negatively in the storm I shouldn't say that but it, it, and, you know the this all, the, the you know the ESG initiatives that are coming down um, you know which by the way you know we we you know I take a step back we talk about these. Is overwhelming, you know, changes in, in how people think. As mining companies, ESG was always something that was important to us. We always had to invest in our communities. We always had to invest in our people. Safety for our people was important. Trying to get people to come and live in these communities was always important to us. And, and looking at ways to, to move it forward. You know, we lived there, so we didn't want to pollute the environment. We wanted to manage manage water. Uh, we always wanted to manage water, um, uh, Marcel. And then when you talk about diversity and inclusion in our industry. I mean, we're in isolated places in, in different parts of the world. And, and you know, you want to be able to to attract people and people that want to work. And, you know, you don't, you, we, we, you never, you know, look and say, well, we should, you got to discriminate people based on color and creed or, or race or, or gender. Like that was never something in our industry, but it was, it was coming more and more to the forefront and you, and you begin more and more pressure on it. And then you, you know, you always have governments looking at, 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 at industry, at the industry and how do we lead things going forward? How do we demonstrate that? So, so part of it was, you know, when, when, when you looked at the, the opportunity to, 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 to do something with Ignico, it was how do you create a better company? How do you create a company that can, that can, that can have significant influence in terms of going forward and be seen as, as the champion and, and be seen as somebody that, that, you know, that, that one company that, that is making a difference out there and, and attracting new, 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 new people to the industry, the, the industry as a whole to attract um, talent and attract, you know, young students. I mean, a lot of the mining schools, you know, they're having a hard time staying, staying, staying above water in terms of just strictly teaching mining. How do we, how do we make it see that people, can come and work at a mine and you, you know, you don't have to be an engineer. You don't have to be a, you know, you can be, you can be a, you can be a journalist. You can be a environmentalist. You can be a lawyer. You can be a, an accountant. You can be a, a doctor, a nurse. You can be, you know, you can be a just a very entrepreneurial business person. And, and, and you can decide you want to be a truck driver. You can be a mechanic. You can be a welder. There's so many, you know, things that go on in our industry and to be able to attract those people and then provide the opportunity for those people to, to, to grow as, as they as they do so you know I think that's uh, that, that, that's some some of the driving force in terms of what, what what you're always trying to do in terms of extracting new value from the business and, and you know extracting value is is combined you know combined reducing costs combined uh, in growing production but it's but it fundamentally you, you get you know I always say 50 percent of our cost is our people but 95 percent of the opportunity is people right and how, how do you how do you how do you motivate a workforce and, and motivate people and have them want to be part of the business? 
when when you're looking to bring on new projects into the portfolio, how important is that um, the you know company culture to be paying attention to from you know a bigger company looking to acquire a small company? Is that important for an acquisition oh, to happen? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think. Uh... I mean, culture is, again, culture is, is a big driving force. If I look at, you know, you talked again about FNX and you talked about, uh, about uh, Lakeshore and, and, you know, my past experience. My past experience, I worked for a company called Dynatech, which was a, was a mining contractor. And I mean, and I had the opportunity, yes, about, you know, earlier on also about, you know, do you have mentors, do you have people you work with? I mean, if, if I go back to working with Dynatech, I worked for these two gentlemen, Bob Dangler and Bill Shaver, who, First off, foremost, two, two probably the, the best engineers I've ever worked for. Really understand the concept of making sure you focus on 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 on, on doing a good engineering principles and applying that, mm. but also creating a country, a company with a culture, a very entrepreneurial culture. And you kind of you know kind of coined coined a phrase there. We're working there where I realized each of us has to become a profit center, not a cost center. And you have to you have to know. And we and it was a culture where even the receptionist. The reception at the front, I'm sorry, and I don't, I don't mean that, that negative, say even the reception, but the reception is at the front. From the reception at the front to the president of the company, everybody knows that for every dollar I get paid, I got, some of us only have to bring in a dollar five for every dollar I get paid of new value. Some bring, have to bring in two dollars, some have to bring in ten dollars, but everybody focusing on how do we become a, a profit center. And so then try to build that culture in, in the business, whether it's the accounting group, whether it's the environmental group, whether it's say health and safety, whether it's your production. You know, a lot of times some people say, oh, it's easy for production people to do it, but how can I do it as an account? How can I become a profit center? Well, you, you, you talk about ways to sell the gold more effectively, get the better, best price for it. You know, you know, less accidents, less turnover of people. All these things cost the company money. How do you stop that from happening so that, so that you actually, you know, improve productivity and, and lower costs. And so you create this entrepreneurial culture. And I think, you know, that's one of the things that, that we, we always have to be cautious of is as, as companies get bigger and, in, and you get bigger and bigger and then you create processes and, and, and layers and layers of management and you, and you, and you limit the, the decision-making of people and the ability for people to, to make decisions and move forward is, is, is sometimes you, 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 you stop that from happening and you just, you, 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 you know, you, you stop change or you, how do you put, you put roadblocks in place that, 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 that takes that, that away. So, so that is, that is something on culture that you have to be cautious of. I know. And, and, you know, if I look at a lot of the, again, a lot of people I worked with, I had some people on the board from, that were working with me at, at, at from, from, from uh, FNX through Lakeshore through, through, through Kirk and Lake, such as John Gill, Arnold Clausen, uh, a number of other people. So I've always had some really good board members to work with. I always use the board as being a really good sort of, um, how do you want to, you need a set of ears, set of eyes. As, working as a CEO, sometimes you're all by yourself. And, and you, you know, it's nice to have that. But then also you, you have to have the opportunity to work with a lot of really, really good people and, and a lot of good people that sort of, you know, able to follow with you and, and come, come from one company to the next. And if you look back, you'll see there's been a lot of people I've worked with over the years and, and each one of these. So, so we, we, you know, to make sure we don't make mistakes or to make sure we make good decisions, 
you know, at, at no time do you sit there and think, well, it's, 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 it's all on, it's all, it's all just me. If, if, if you know, you're, 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 it's all one person. Somebody even told me, you stick your hand in the bucket of water, pull it out, the water clears up. So there was a lot, a lot of people that, that, that I worked with, whether from miners and, and engineers through staff, management staff, such as that worked their way up more from from entry level roles to, to senior roles in the companies that I, that I work with mm-hmm. and then board members that that you work with to, to you know it's a team of people and not not any one of us by them by ourselves was 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 the one that made everything happen so. one of the questions i've been dying to ask you and i think a lot of people have been dying to hear the answer is uh, this transition from clerkton lake when it was uh, merged with agnico eagle the deal formally happened in February of this year, which is crazy because it seems like such a long time ago that deal was done. It really wasn't. Uh, But after the deal was done, you transitioned into the CEO of Agnico and you weren't there very long. And I think a a few people were wondering, well, was it a good fit for you personally? Is it what you wanted in the first place? Uh, but now you are not the CEO. You're actually the interim CEO with a Silver Explorer, Discovery. Um, so before we get to Discovery, you know, kind of walk us through that transition, stepping in as CEO for the bigger Agnico Eagle and, you know, why stepping away from that position? Well, I mean, you know, first and foremost, I mean, you know, the, I mean, we, I didn't, we didn't do the the transaction with Agnico and Kirkland with the sense that I was not going to continue on. I mean, so you know, I was all fully into to do that, and I mean, that was commitment and made, and mm-hmm. thought that there could be a lot of exciting things to happen. And I suppose as you're putting things together, you get a lot of people, people, a lot of lot of lot of things you know come, come together, and then you look at it and you say, okay, well, you know, some, sometimes uh, there, there's a lot of choices to be made, and and a lot of lot of other factors. So. You know, the, the, you know, my intention was to would, would have been to, to, to be part of that and move forward. But then it got, got to a point where you look at it and say, OK, well, maybe maybe, maybe there's, you know, on a personal level and, and, and et cetera. Maybe there's uh, there's other things to do. And sometimes some 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 of these decisions are, are, are you know, come out of your hands and are made not just made by yourself. You got to talk to everyone. Right. So, mm-hmm. and, that's it. and then going to discovery, I mean, what, what I. You know, Discovery Silver. There was a couple of people on the board of Discovery who who who, who I was familiar with, and and you know, it was a project that people had asked me about in the past, and I look at it. And I mean, what I see with Discovery is, you know, it's yeah, it's you know, first off, some people will say, well, it's a silver project in Mexico and low grade silver project, but it's no different than looking at Detour when you, you know, it's, you know, you look at it, you say, geez, you know, there's there's yeah, there's maybe a billion ounces of silver equivalent here, you know. But there's a high grade core to it, and it's significant size. There's expiration upside, etc. And then if you take a, you know, so so there's some good geology in play. Then if you take a look at it, and and you say, well, geez, you know, if, if I'm if I'm trying to build it, think instead of trying to build it and think like a junior company, try to build it to say, okay, we're we're engineers and business people for us. What 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 can this project be? And so, you know, we've we've done a lot of things to kind of reposition reposition the view of the um, of the project uh, and effectively grow productivity by twenty five percent. You're going to see we not only grow productivity by twenty five percent, but then you know some further exploration that's been done, etc. 
you know, so first thing is you grow products by 25% short on mine life from 16 years down to 11 years. But then, you know, lo and behold, we discovered some new, 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 new resources. We're able to see new, new parts of the resource at, at the same grade or slightly higher that actually then extends mine life back 18 years. So you're producing 25% more ounces of silver for, for, for the equal time or, or, or longer. And, you know, you, so, so what happens with, uh, with uh, discovery is you see, instead of being a 20,000 ton a day operation, growing maybe to 40,000, you get from 25, potentially 30,000 tons a day in, in, in initial phase, because you're, you're trying to be capital efficient in terms of, that's why there's a two-stage two approach to, to the investment, to 25,000 tons a day and then up to 50,000 tons a day. It's, it's to be capital efficient, to say, well, if we build it this way, we've got some really high grade the first few years, we use the cash from that to pay for the second phase of, of, of the capital build. And then you take this, you take this operation and you build... You build, uh, you know, a, an operation that can probably, instead of doing like 27 million ounces of silver equivalent a year, something that will do probably 35 to 40,000 ounces of silver equivalent a year. And with some years that are really special, like well over 40, 40 million ounces of silver equivalent a year, there's, there's zinc there, which zinc represents about 12, 35% of the, of, of the, of the metal value. Uh, lead represents about 15% of metal value and silver about 50 or 45, 50, 50% silver value. So there's, 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 there's some things that de-risk the project from that, from a, from a, from a, from a revenue point of view. Um, <coughs> excuse me, in terms of scope of project, what, what's got to be built, you look at the site, you look at the area and you see it's, it's, it's in a good area, mining friendly jurisdiction with people that are, that are familiar with the industry. Uh, people that uh, the suppliers it'd be no different than me trying to build a do, do this up in Timmins or in, in in Western Australia. It's in it's in a mining region, right? There's suppliers that people know how to work. There's contractors, etc. There's that whole, that whole system is there. And then there's some aspects to this project where you know it's one of it's coarse grind, like 200 micron grind, very you know improve, much improved metallurgy. You be able to increase improve the metal metallurgy from the from previous work by you know almost five percent in, 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 in for some metals, so very good metallurgy, no real nasties in the rocks, so no nasty generating potential. Very coarse grind, so from an environmental point of view, water management, tailings deposition, etc. It it it's it looks like one of the better projects to, to de-risk. And then you're always concerned about capital costs and where capital costs are going to go. And I've looked at a lot of capital projects over the years, and you know I had the benefit of working as i mentioned with dynatech with bob uh, bob dangler bill shaver in the past and you learn about you know how, how, how to how to run these capital projects uh, run from a from a contractor perspective where your only revenue is is the work you get done if it's overrun you're losing money right so so you you, you learn how to, you can understand the scope identify the scope of the project up front and put good systems in place to manage the execution of the work around that scope so you know, that's, you know, what, what I wasn't looking to, to do something like Discovery Silver. It was, and you know, it, it's a project that, that you know, uh, you know, it was, again, I was familiar with it. They asked me to go on the board and then this, 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 this came up. And the more you look at it, the, the improvements we can make, you sit there and say, this is probably one of the top five undeveloped mining projects globally. And it's definitely going to be once you get it built, it'd be something producing between say 35 and 45 million ounces of silver equivalent a year at all-in sustaining costs of 12, 12 to 12, 1250, uh, or pretty much all-in costs of 12 to 1250 uh, an ounce equivalent. 
you know, it is definitely something that 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 will stand out and and you know create a lot of value for that region of of of, uh, of Chihuahua and Mexico. And Kirkland always had this reputation as being uh, efficient, nimble, creative, um, just all around good company to work for. And you can see the vision, Um, you know, where you get into the major producers, I hear completely different things that the lines of bureaucracy just are an impediment of getting almost anything done that's what I just described. And it sounds like with you just listening to listening to you just dis- describe discovery, that this is another window to continuing to be efficient, nimble, creative, and really see this thing through. And it, you know, as this thing keeps playing in my head, I can, I guess I can see what lures you the most to these projects and maybe what doesn't allure you to some projects I mean, is that fair to say? Is that is that really your drive? Is to remain nimble, creative, efficient? Yeah, I mean, I mean you, you know, you, you you know, somebody once explained to me, you know, what, we, what stress is, right? You get stress in the workplace, and you know, and and you know, and maybe you think about, you know, the world is the the world. You know, there there's you know, from a decision making point of view, to say the world. It's, it's black and white, and there's this gray area in the middle. And if you play in the gray area, then then you deal with stress, and it bothers you, and you never know what's going on. And you know, you either you know you fix it or forget it. You got to be able to make decisions. You got to be able to move. You got to be able to see things as you move forward that that you you can do good things and, and, and make it exciting. And then and so first, you know, you got to be you, you got to be able to have that where where you know that that and and then and second thing is. You got to be able to see something where you can really make a difference and, 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 and have a lot of fun and and you know whether it's whether it's whether it's fun by getting people motivated and seeing the success of people seeing you know seeing profitability from the businesses we can create uh, also though but, but being able to do some really uh, neat things whether it's whether it's from an engineering perspective or a technical technical things that, that you get to do and get the experience there's a lot of that that, that drives that drives myself but. But, you know, it, it has to be something that's exciting that you could see something that maybe other people aren't aren't quite seeing yet and find a way to extract that value, I think, is, is important. But, you know, you mentioned something to me about uh, uh, about big companies and how people, you know, they that lack the ability to have vision of big companies. So, so I, and again, if I go back to my experiences and who worked with in the past, I worked with a gentleman in, in the past and he was, you know, and this is when, again, when I was with Dynatech and this gentleman, his name was John Lill. He was the present CEO, and he spent some time with me going up and doing what we were doing in Sudbury with the FNX Joint Venture. And he said, you know, and he had just come out of BHP, and he said, you know, the one of the things that give you a word of advice, he said, no matter how large the company gets, okay, think about what, what drives your success today as a small company and, 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 and in terms of what you're doing. And he said, never lose that. Never, no matter how big it gets, create the culture that keep that culture that that of, of that you know where people you know it's it's a can do a will do culture people you know you have have the you know you have the motivation that everybody wants to see how we create value how do we make things better how 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 how, how do we do things how do we get good decision making how do you be you know you can say entrepreneurial but you want to be entrepreneurial in a responsible way per se mm, good point uh, you you're currently the interim CEO of Discovery Silver. 
Any thoughts of removing the word interim from the title? But yeah, there's some thoughts. I mean, there's some, you know, there's, <laughs> there's, there's personal stuff around it. I mean, you know, you, you know, you always you have partners in, in life. I mean, I have, I have my family and my wife to, 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 that's a big part of the decisions going forward. How's it going to look? You know, how, how, how can you en- en- enact that? You know, you got to look at all the things that, that are there to help you know, to, to help make you, you it be successful. There could be a lot of roadblocks in place. So, you know, we, we've been going, going through that. We've been talking to the board, talking about things and, and you know, say, moving things forward, looking at, 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 at this project and, and, and how we can move it forward and change change some of the thoughts around it. And if part of it is, okay, now if, if we jump in with, if we jump in here with two feet, can we go and can we really make a difference here and, 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 and make it happen? Right. And so, so there's got to be alignment with people. You know, there's a lot of people are, you know, I always say, I mean, I like people. I like working with people. And sometimes there's round pegs and sometimes there's square pegs. And you can't put the square pegs in the round hole. You can't put the round pegs in the square hole. The round pegs are good people. The square pegs are good people. We just got to find ways to make things work. So if we have a, if we can get alignment to people, alignment of, 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 of vision for, from the board level and senior management level, and, 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 and you can make a difference. That's important. And then on, on, on the personal side, you know, you always you have the family and there's a lot of things that happen there. You got to make sure that, you know, we first and foremost, you can maintain your health, maintain that balance and, uh, on that side. And so, you know, sometimes there's a sort of a catch between both one. You've got to be you got to be happy in what you do and being happy in what you do is part of the people you work with. Because you, you, people you work with, you find, find more time with than you do with your family. So you've got to be able to work with people and feel feel comfortable there and feel feel excited. And then, and then at the same time, then that that if, you know that helps in terms of keeping your you know the balance of what you want to do on the on the on the personal level. So you know, I've had a lot of experience and a lot of success. You see a lot of a lot of uh, projects and get the benefit. I've got the benefit to, to to see a lot of good projects and work with a lot of good people over the years. And, 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 you know, you kind of look and say, you, you know, you'd like to continue doing that and if, if you can. And so, yeah, you know, maybe it's a roundabout question to say, you know, uh, it, you know, it's, it looks like a very interesting project. It's just, it's a small company. I mean, you know, some of the roadblocks, Hey, you got a company with a 300 and almost $400 million market cap. Probably going to have to raise that much and more to build a project. This is a tough market. Can you do that? Are you going to be able to get, the capital resources to, to be successful, right? And 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 you're gonna you know so you know we're working through things, trying to do a really really good pre feasibility study, get people to see 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 from an engineering perspective and an operating perspective what you can build here, try to demonstrate to the market, uh, you know, uh, you know, and the shareholders what what it looks like, and you know, like I say that again, the companies belong to the shareholders. We work at, we're shareholders too, and we work at the pleasure of the shareholders. You want to be able to put something forward and have the shareholders be in a position to say, yeah, yeah, yeah you know, I, I'll invest in this and let, let's go, go ahead and go forward. So, you know, that makes a big difference in terms of decision making, too. Can you be successful? Right? Well, let me ask you, this will be my last question for you, Tony. You know, in an industry that is, um, you know, I don't use this lightly to say, but is strife with failures because that's just the name of the game when you're exploring, you know, hundreds thousands of meters underneath the earth's surface or you have the failures of the markets um to also contend with what is it about you and your career 
that has it, I would say is strife with success. And I know you've had your failures. Obviously there have been times where you've learned from your failures and that have been able to reach a lot more success than a number of other people who've tried to do the same thing. What is it? What have you done differently that a lot of other people maybe have not? Well, you know, I know sometimes I, maybe I get criticized. Sometimes people might sit there and say, you get too, too involved, right? But again, if you go, if I put my, I think from an engineering perspective, uh, you know, the devil's in the details. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta be able to, to understand things and look at things and, and know what, you know, sometimes a lot, a lot, a lot of people are really, really trying their best and they're working hard and people want to be successful, right? Winners, people want to win, right? And, 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 and sometimes you, people are going to tell you what you want to hear, not what you need to hear. So you got to learn how, how to look deeply into things. You got to also care, right? And, you know, uh, you know, maybe, you know, it's, it, and it's got to be, you know, maybe, maybe the thing is that, that, you know, um, how, do, how do I put it without, and you say, like, it's in, in the details in, in a lot of these things, that's where all the value is. That's where all the value can be lost and extracted, but it's also where all the fun is, right? Not understanding, understanding those aspects of our business. You know, I, I say in our industry, and, you know, and again, I don't just mean this derogatorily. A lot of times people will say, oh, mining engineers and geologists, well, we don't make good mining executives. We need to bring people from the legal background or from, from banking backgrounds. Well, law firms don't, don't call me up to see if I want me to run the law firm. I don't get no banks called me <laughs> up the bank. But everybody thinks we could call them people to come and run our industry, right? So, you know, fundamentally, you got to, first and foremost, it's got to be what you like to do, right? It's got to be in your blood and, and you understand it. And then then the other part, I think, that, that, that recognize is, you know, <coughs> excuse me, is, 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 yeah, you know, you can, you know, and, and, and no offense to shareholders, no offense to investors in, 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 in Toronto or New York or wherever. No offense to the um, to 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 even the executives you might work with, investment bankers. The true people that make a difference and the true people that should be are your allies in this business are the people that are actually doing the work. And I I identify more. I try to spend more time with the with the hourly workers and the staff at the sites and and, and recognize what I can do to help them because those are the people that that are really going to make things work. So you know you gotta you gotta recognize you know, you you gotta be able to. To, to be everywhere, but, you know, and, and deal with all the people and, and, and work well, but, you know, don't, don't ignore the people that are, you know, got their hands dirty and full of grease and, or they're sitting in the cold trying to fix a crusher. Those, those people are what, are what makes and breaks us. Right. So. Well said, well said, Tony, thanks for your time. I'm glad we could have this conversation. A lot of questions. I think a lot of people would want to ask you and I think we, uh, we hammered at home. Uh, pleasure to have you on. We'll have you on again, hopefully another time. Uh, but any more news out of Discovery Silver, uh, we'll be sure to report here in the future. Okay, well, thank you. Thanks for the time. And hopefully I didn't talk too much and did, did, wasn't trying to be too political answering some questions. No, no, it's all, it was all good. It was all good. Uh, that is the current interim CEO of Discovery Silver, Tony McCooch. And that's your first long-form episode of the week, everybody. Uh, Stay tuned. We'll be back for more here in the next day or so. Bye. The information presented should not be considered investment advice. Mining Stock Daily and its affiliates are not responsible for any loss arising from any investment decision in connection with the material presented herein. 
Please do your own research or speak with a licensed financial representative before making any investment decisions.